Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Fantastic. As a preacher, you're always looking for confirmation uh, for your message and what you're feeling the Lord is saying and what he's speaking to us as a church and at this point in time. And uh, just some, some of the things that Brett mentioned, he talked about a hymn. I, uh, I've got a hymn here I, I want to read out. Uh, JL, you led so wonderfully, just a, such a wonderful anointing. Uh, and just that song, You Reign Above It All, just confirmed some of the things in this preach this morning. And uh, one of those lines, the king of my life, the title of my message is The Spirit Life. We're doing a series on living in the spirit over this next month and into July. Uh, and so this morning I'm hoping to lay a foundation and then others will be speaking and building on that. The fact that you mentioned about Steve and Stephanie, again, about Holy Spirit leading us and empowering us and to going beyond ourselves. Um, so it's exciting. I'm, I'm glad. I, I feel like I'm, I've, I've got the word for this morning. There's going to be a lot of scripture. And again, I was raised that way, Foursquare Church. Brett knows all about that. Peter Gim knows about that. Is, is anyone else that went to the Foursquare, was part of a Foursquare Church? Just give us a bit of a wave. There's Yvonne there. In fact, Yvonne Lim there was my Sunday school teacher. How about that? Many, many moons ago. In fact, when Adam was a boy. In fact, I think, did you teach Adam? <laughs> so if my theology is off, then you know who you need to speak to. <laughs> All right. Um, and uh, I'm gonna, there's going to be a few Greek words I want to bring out. I mean, I'm just picking up from what Pastor Josh did last week. Uh, can anyone recall that word that he used about the charcoal fire? There was a word. Does anyone remember? What was the word? Can you say it out loud? Acidophilus. No, it's not that, Brett. Anthracia, charcoal fire. Remember when Peter, when he denied Christ, he was out of fire, and that word there, charcoal fire, is anthracia, the Greek word. And then again, when they were fishing, he called them, he was preparing a fire, and then he reinstates Peter. It was a powerful word, anthracia. So I'm going to bring out a few Greek words by the end of the preach. Hopefully you'll be all Bible scholars and Greek scholars and have a bit of an understanding. Um, and then hopefully we can get through this as quick as we can and just make it punchy because I want to make time afterwards to pray for people for a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit and for God to set us on fire and refresh us again. Okay, um, so Luke chapter 4 verses 1 to 22, why don't we just read through that. Then Jesus being filled, operative word filled, with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led, operative word led, by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterwards, when, he, uh, when they, were, they were ended, he was hungry. I've done extensive fasting. I've done a 40-day, so I know what that's like. Um, it's, it needs to be spirit-led. You don't just sort of decide one day, okay, I'm going to do it. You know, it's the Holy Spirit's leading. Um, and so I, I get being hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. 
But Jesus answered him saying, it is written. Everybody say, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all authority, all, all this authority I will give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written... Now, the devil is using scripture himself. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he'd opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Let me tell you, folks, just at this point, that he's anointed you. The Bible says that we have an anointing from the Holy One. The Bible says that as he is in the world, so are we. So when we read this, this is the representation that Christ has called us to be. He's called us to be like him in this world. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Because he's anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent you to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The Lord's calling you to fulfill scripture in your life and in your worlds and in your circles of influence. Where the kingdom of God comes into people's lives because you're present and you're there. And he began to say to him today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the glorious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? They were amazed. They were captured. They were captivated. Let me tell you, folks, the Lord wants people to be captivated from the words and the presence that we carry him. When we carry him, people will be captivated. They will be cut to the heart. They will be moved and motivated when we're full of his spirit. When we're fully possessed, 
by Christ himself, people will be captivated. In, you know, I go to the gym five times a week. I'm there. I'm in training. Um, and I talk to these guys and they're captivated. I bring the word of God in situations and circumstances led by the Holy Spirit and they're captivated. And they want to know more. Their language is changing. They're, they're saying, we want to come to church with you. Things are changing because as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, as we're moved and motivated by him, people will be captivated. They'll ask the question, is that Derek Baker's son? Is that David's son? Is that Brett's son? And this is what the Holy Spirit is leading us to. So my first point is simply this, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It says there in that first verse, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now what's interesting, in, Luke, in, in the previous chapter in Luke 3, we see Jesus goes and, and John the Baptist is there baptizing. And he speaks about Jesus. He says, there's one that... I, I, I baptize you with water, but there's one greater that's coming. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then he sees his cousin Jesus coming down the road. And he says to him, you're coming to be baptized by me, but I should be baptized by you. And he says, no, let all righteousness be fulfilled. You see, we read in Philippians, and it says there of Jesus, where it says that he humbled himself. It actually says, let this be in your mind. Jesus humbled himself in Philippians 3 and made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a servant. He didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he came and humbled himself. Jesus gave up his heavenly glory. He gave up his deity. He was all God, but he gave up his ability to be omnipresent to be all-knowing, to be all-powerful, became totally reliant upon the Father and the Holy Spirit. And he did that for this reason, to model and to demonstrate to us that when we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we're relied upon the Father, we will do the same works that he did. We've got to let go of some things. Jesus let go of his deity. Jesus let go of his heavenly glory what are we going to let go of what are we going to say no to what are we got to empty ourselves of it says that he emptied himself of as we empty ourselves of things that shouldn't be in our lives he can come and fill us what a perfect example jesus was to fulfill all righteousness ephesians 5 18 21 says that do not be drunk with wine which is dissipation but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That Greek word, here we go, here comes the Greek words. Are you ready for it? You ready for it, Pete? Pletho. That word there, pletho. That word filled means pletho. It, it, it means to be completely filled with or brought under the full influence of the Holy Spirit. Complete influence to the point there's no fear there's no inhibitions, there's no doubting, I'll go wherever you want me to go, I'll do whatever you want me to do. That's why that analogy, be not drunk with wine, when you get drunk with wine, you let go of your inhibitions. You're prepared to do whatever. When you get on weed or you, know, you, you get on drugs, it's like, woohoo, it doesn't end well. 
But when we're filled with the Spirit and we're totally in control by Him, we will do and say things that we wouldn't in our normal state. See, flesh gives birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to Spirit. I mean, completely filled. Like you can get a jar. I was going to do this as an illustration, but picture this. If you get a jar and you fill it with marbles right to the top, you would say that that's filled, wouldn't you? But then if you take sand and you pour sand into that jar, same jar, it still keeps going into that jar. You think, oh, well, it's filled once I get to the top. But then if you take water and you pour water into it, it still keeps going, doesn't it? And once that season starts flowing over, that's full. That's what he's talking about. That's what plethor is. It goes on to say, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's what happens when you're full of the Holy Spirit and making melody in your heart. Now, some of you might not fancy yourself as much of a singer. I like to think I can sing okay in the shower, maybe. But let me tell you, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, this is what I'm talking about. Now, I want, to, I want some honesty here. Honesty is the best policy, right? Apart from you musicians and singers. But who here doesn't think that they can sing and doesn't like to sing and doesn't like anyone to hear them sing? Just a, put your hand up nice and high. There's a few out there, honest folks. Some are kind of going like this. <laughs> but let me tell you one exciting thing. Whether you're an extrovert, introvert, novert, whatever, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you'll sing. You'll clap, you'll dance, you'll do some stuff. I mean, we're talking about Pentecostal church, a four-square church. I mean, Saviour, baptise a healer, soon come and king. I mean, I was brought up that my whole life. And uh, good old Amy Simple McPherson, Miss Pentecost, 1912. You can tell I'm a four-square from, from day one. She was known as Miss Pentecost. And I tell you what, in the, in the church, and God bring it back, I pray. You know, we had the four-square two-step. Remember that one, guys? You know, we used to, we were so excited about Jesus and so full of the Spirit. We would clap, we would dance, we would, you know, we were wild. And I tell you, something of that God is bringing back, needs to bring back. We need to be full of the Spirit again and just say, Lord, whatever, take control of me. Completely fill me. Take captive. May I be possessed with you, Christ, that whatever you call me to do, whatever you ask me to say, I'll do it. In Jesus' name. Amen? Giving thanks always. For all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. We read in the book of Acts in chapter 6 to 7 where, you know, the church was growing and uh, there was issues with the, uh, the, the widows are being neglected. So the disciples said, find among you seven men. And what was the requirement? Full of the Holy Spirit. To help the women, the widows that were neglected in the daily distribution. How much more do we need to be full of the Spirit in everything that we do in, in our lives? How much more? And Stephen, it says that he was full of wisdom, full of faith, to the point that there were signs and wonders... And then he's then at that place where he's going to be martyred. And he's then he looks up as they're about to stone him. And it says that he was full of the Spirit. 
How amazing. And he says, don't charge this against them. Don't charge it against them. It says that his eyes were open. He could see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Now, the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand, but it says that Jesus was standing. What does that say? I reckon Jesus got up for him. I reckon he got up for him. There's my, there's my first martyr, Stephen, standing. And so Jesus stood up, welcomed him home, laid down his life. Folks, God calls us, the way that we're filled with the Spirit, the Bible says that you shall receive power. Brett referred to that in Acts 1.8. And you shall be witnesses in Acts 1.8. But you shall be filled with the Spirit. The Bible calls us here in Ephesians to be filled. It's a commandment. It's not something, you know, sort of optional extra in our lives. It says be filled. It says it calls us to be in a position that we're continually filled. In fact, that means to be not just filled once, continually filled. You read throughout the book of Acts that, that they were continually filled. You see Peter and Paul and these guys, they were constantly filled. And then you see great miracles took place. In fact, as you read through the book of Acts from 1 to 2 to 5 and you keep going, it says that great grace was upon them. There was a greater levels of power and anointing to the point that when Ananias and Sapphira lied against the Holy Spirit, they dropped dead. That's the level of power that was coming to the church. God's bringing that level of power and signs and wonders back to the church. But it's praying in the Spirit. Paul says, I'm glad that I pray more than you all in tongues. When was the last time you took some time to pray in the Spirit? You know, when I was preparing for this message, I was so convicted, I tell you. You know, as I was preparing it, the Holy Spirit was doing such a deep conviction in in my life. I've been so challenged by this message message myself. You know, I mean, I pray regularly every day. I'm in the Word every morning. I'm in the Word, and at night I pray. I I endeavor to pray for about one hour in the Spirit when I'm on the treadmill trying to get my 10,000 steps. You know, I'm Shundai Monday. I undo my bow tie, and I'm, I'm, I'm just there, you know. Uh, I'm praying in the spirit, and I'm getting this anointing coming. I'm on the treadmill of the gym, and, and you know, and God is speaking to me. But when was the last time you took some time to pray in the spirit? The Bible says, "Be filled with the Spirit." We've got to get filled to overflowing to the point that we're we're out of control, and He's in control. Amen. Just, we've just been going through the, the book of John, and it, we read there in John 16, 5 to 15, where it talks about the work of the Holy Spirit. In actual fact, why don't we, why don't we go to that? How are we going for time? Why don't we just go to that uh, uh, in the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 16. Have we got that up there, Wes? Thanks, Brent. This actually is really good because it gives us insight into the work of the Holy Spirit. And we, as we said, we're doing this series, Living in the Spirit. But I just want to read from here, and this is what I'm talking about. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, who are you filled with, and what is his purpose in your life? It says here in John 16, verses 5 to 15, Now I go away, Jesus speaking to his disciples, Now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, is it, your, it is to your advantage. Everybody say advantage. Uh, that I go away, 
Who wants? Who always likes to have an? The, the, if you talk about a football team or a sporting team, you know, it's often they refer to they've got this advantage. You know, it, it might be uh, a star footballer or a star player, or there's something that gives them that advantage. And when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, we have the advantage. In fact, Jesus is saying even beyond that, he says, you guys have got me, you know, for this time. And, but when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to be with you all the time, 24-7. How good is that? They had Jesus, but he says to them, it is to your advantage that I go. For if I do not go away, the helper, say the word helper, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And he, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin which they do not believe in, of righteousness because I go to my father and you see him no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, woo, here it is. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All of Jesus. Every single bit. The disciples had it good. But we got it. All of him. Because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes Jesus real. That's his job. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine. All that Jesus had was all the Father's. And Jesus says, what I have is all yours. I mean, and I'll take of mine and declare it to you. I mean, try and wrap your head around that. Lap, wrap, lap your heads laughing. What's that saying? That's it. I knew Brett would know that. Wrap your laughing gear around that, folks. All of the Godhead by the Holy Spirit can be yours. Don't you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's to your advantage. You know, we've got 24-7 access. How much do we use it? We got 24-7 gyms. We got 24-7 fast food outlets. Maccas. I wanted to Google, you know, wherever Maccas goes, you know who goes right next to them? You know who the retail giant or the fast food outlet that goes wherever Maccas goes? Do you know who it is? Whoever says whoever gets this straight away, we know that they close. KFC. Did anybody say KFC? You know that ad? Oh, that's a cracker, man. That girl that's going, she's, I'm digressing. You know, she's there going to get a coffee. And the guy, the guy says, what's your name? You see that ad? She cracks me up every time. She goes, oh, I've got a boyfriend. And then he says, oh, I just need your name for the cup of the coffee to write on your name. And then she goes, oh, did anyone say KFC? Oh, my God. I Googled KFC and they said they've actually got a petition out so that they could be 24-7. Because I want to be like Maccas. How funny is that, right? But 24-7. Everything's 24-7. We've got TV, Netflix, they're 
But what's so good is we got the Holy Spirit 24-7. Every moment, every waking hour, we've got him. Even while we sleep, the Holy Spirit's working in us. When I, after I went to bed last night, I was so saturated with the word and I could feel it in me. I could, and I just said, Lord, as I go to sleep, just Holy Spirit, percolate that, percolate that. And it was percolating for eight hours last night. It was so good. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit, as I teach it, says that he will guide us and lead us into all truth. You know, it's in every respect. It's not just the power and seeing the anointing and leading people to Jesus. and that It's in our everyday life. He leads us. And uh, I, I remember I always used to, just honest to gang, honesty is best policy. You, you know when people, we're having a conversation with someone and uh, they're, they're telling you they're all excited and they're just about, they've got this whole conversation going on with you and you go, you think you know what they're going to say next. Like they're gonna, you're going to finish their sentence for them. And nearly 90% of the time, it's not what they're going to say. And then they go, no. No, that's not what I was going to say. And then you go, oh, I'm a dodo. Right? I used to do that all the time. So excited. Listening to people, oh, yeah, and, 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 no. I said to the Holy Spirit, I said, I said, Holy Spirit, can you just remind me, before I open my mouth, foot and mouth disease, just remind me to shut it. Honestly, this is the truth. And I tell you what, the next time it happened, the Holy Spirit prompted me, close your mouth. And you know what? Haven't done a gang since. But, right, that might seem like, ah, you know, but it saved me from looking like a dodo. I felt a whole lot better, and I gave that person the opportunity to say what they wanted to say. Right? But he does that. The Holy Spirit wants to be involved in every moment, every aspect, right? That word helper that we, we read there in, in, in John is the word parakletos. Say the word parakletos. Great. What that means is someone called to one side, especially called to one's aid, and who pleads another's case before a judge and plead a counsel for defence, legal assistant, and advocate, helped a number of... My, uh, that was my little thing. Who pleads another one's cause with one, an intercessor in the widest sense, a helper, an aider, assistant... A comforter. That's, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. He comes alongside. He brings comfort. He's your advocate. I'm in real estate and finance, and for a number of my finance clients, because I've got a real estate arm, I've helped them in their negotiating when they're looking to buy a property. And for a number of them, I'm saved them tens of thousands of dollars. Now, what's interesting that has become a service now that is big in the eastern states called buyer's advocate, buyer's agent. And it's a service that you can provide. It's big in the eastern states and it's, it's becoming more and more popular you know, here in WA. And I'm looking to introduce that as part of my business. Um, and so it just saves people time running around trying to get to opens and then it's sold and this and that. And you can go from agent to agent. In America, that's the only way they do it. One agent to an agent. It's a selling agent and buyer's agent, buyer's advocate. And selling agent. But advocate. The Holy Spirit is there to advocate for you. To come alongside. To represent you. How amazing is that? And save you time. Save you money. Save you heartache. When we're full of him, he works powerfully in us. Okay, moving right along. Wow. 
To be led by the Holy Spirit, the second point, so I've got three points here, to be filled, to be led, and to be empowered. Second point, be led by the Holy Spirit. In Luke 4, 1, we see Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, then returned in the, by the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, what's interesting to note is the Holy Spirit will lead us. It's not always where we think we want to go. Did a bit of a Josh there. Oh, God help me. You know he does that, right? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? (laughs) Perhaps. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) He's going to hear this. That's for you, bro. Um, But, you know, we read Psalms 23. Alison uh, did a wonderful message for us. Uh, a few weeks back on Psalms 23. And we see that it says that Jesus leads us besides still water. He causes us to, makes us to lay down in green pastures. But you know, it goes on to say that he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. We see Jesus was faced with a devil and his response was, it is written. So he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemy. And then it, just the next line in Psalms 23, it says, and he anoints our head with oil. He's anointing our head with oil in the midst of our enemies, in the midst of opposition, in the, in the midst of trials and tribulations. I mean, what's so powerful about that passage that we read in Luke where Jesus is faced with this opposition and he uses the word, he brings the word, The word and the spirit work together. He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. I want to encourage you this morning. I want to show you something very powerful. There are three things, typically, that the enemy will come to prevent us from being used of God, being led by his spirit. And we see this also in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3.6. So it says that Jesus was taken up to a mountain. He was shown all the kingdoms. The devil says, you can have it. It appealed to his eyes. Showed it them all. Took him up to a pinnacle. Imagine that, right up to the high place. Top of Central Park. Top of, what's the biggest R&I building? What's the biggest here in Perth? I think it's the R&I. Imagine being taken up there. I mean, I used to work in Central Park. I used to go right up to the top of there and look around and... Imagine being taken up to the top there and being shown all of Perth. You can have it all if you bow down and worship me. Appealed to his sight. He was hungry. He says, turn this stone into bread. It appealed to what? His hunger. His flesh. And then he said, I'll give you all authority. Cast yourself down. Doesn't it say the angels will pick you up? They'll lift you up? He was appealing to his pride. He says, aren't you the son of God? Aren't you the son of God? The devil does it every time. We go back into the garden in Genesis 3.6. It says that Eve saw that the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eye, and desirable to make one wise and be like God. 
hasn't changed his tricks. It's the same. But I want to point that out. It's consistent all the time. When the Holy Spirit is wanting to bring you into power and to bring you greater levels of anointing, you will be tested and tempted. It will be those three things, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. But word and spirit working together. I want to quote R.T. Kendall, an American theologian that I've heard speak a few times. He's an incredible guy. I met him. He writes in the largest UK Christian magazine. He says, when word and spirit... So you see, Jesus used the word and he was full of the spirit. They work together. You can't have one without the other. He says this, when word and spirit come together, revival will follow. We need both the sun and the rain to give beauty and balance in nature. Likewise, we need both the word and the spirit in order to understand God and his ways. The word is like the sun, the spirit is like rain. One without the other can result in a natural disaster. It has been said before, all word and no spirit, we dry up. All spirit and no word, we blow up. But with the word and the spirit, we grow up. Thank you, Yvonne. (laughs) So... We need to be in the Word and we need to be full of the Spirit because what happens, you see, the Holy Spirit, it says that he will remind us of things. Jesus said that he will teach us, he will remind us of the things that he's taught us. So when we know the Word, you see, he will bring it to our memories in that hour. Don't worry, it says, do not, do not worry about what you will say in that hour, but I will remind you. You know, I was in the gym, I used that example again, but I was there and one of my coaches he, he said something, he was having to crack at me, and uh, the Holy Spirit in that moment reminded me of a proverb. It says, a rebuke a wise man, and he'd be wiser for it. So I said it to him. I said, don't worry, Isaac, rebuke a wise man, he'd be wiser for it. And he goes, what, the Bible? What happened after that was phenomenal, because then I texted him, I said, oh, I've got another proverb for you. And then he goes, right, I think I shared this before. He says, from now on, before we do any training, you're going to bring a proverb. He announces it to all the guys at the gym before we start training. He says, the most important part of the session, Gary's got to bring a proverb. Serious? I was, I was through proverbs every, like that training, I was going, okay, what proverb are we going to bring today? And how's it going to relate? I'm, I was freaking out. So, so we're doing that. And then I said, Isaac, I want to get you something. The Richest Man Who Ever Lived. It's a book written by Stephen Scott. It's all about Proverbs, right? I read Proverbs every single day. I read Psalms every single day. And uh, this guy was grad- he graduated, uh, couldn't hold down a job, read Proverbs for two years. His coach, his mentor said, read Proverbs every day, read Proverbs every day. And then after a couple of years, it's the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inspired him, showed him many things. He started several multi-million dollar businesses. This is the book here. Who wants it? Anyone? Interested? Anyone want this book? Serious, I'm giving it away. Anyone, oh, who's hand? Okay, there you go. Green, you want to come? Mum had a hand up first. There you go. It's all about Proverbs. They're going to share. But the point is, is that I gave him that book, blessed him with that because I no longer have him as my coach and I think he's not going to have Proverbs any, anymore every week. So now he's going to have this book he can read. And then he tells me he's got a new girlfriend. He says, oh, Gary, you know what happened the other day? I was reading that book and I was in bed with my new girlfriend. And he goes, and he was sharing it with her. And then after the conversation, he goes, you know what? I think I need to get a Bible. The girlfriend says, I think I need to get a Bible. He tells me this. How cool is that, right? So Colossians 3, 16 to 7 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And finally, the third point that I want to bring out 
is be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Luke 4, 14 says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went throughout all the surrounding regions. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power. That word power is the Greek word dunamis. Say dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite from. It's explosive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, I can hear a whole lot of people going, ah. Everyone say, ah. (laughs) And you shall be witnesses. Now that word witness is martyrs, where we get the word martyr from. What that means is that win the lost at any cost. It means be prepared to do whatever it takes. In fact, that Greek word was that they were going to be witnesses that those disciples in that time were literally prepared for their death. By being a witness for Christ, they were laying their life on the line. And that's what it means. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we're completely controlled and we're prepared to do whatever and go wherever, this couple that are going to Pakistan, they've been led by the Holy Spirit. They're prepared to go into a dangerous situation. They could be very comfortable as pastors here, but they're going because the Holy Spirit has led them. When I was in my teens, the Holy Spirit led me to go to Indonesia. My family were against it, but I said, no, I'm going to go. I feel the Holy Spirit's leading me. I went there, so signs and wonders and miracles and, and salvations. I literally, you could almost do it like Paul's missionary journey. I went to Bali, flew to Bali, then I got a, a, a bus then I got a boat, so I went from Bali over to Java, crossed the ocean. Then I went from Java to North Sumatra, crossed the boat again and travelled up to Jakarta. And then I went to the top end of North Sumatra to a place called Pimang Tangsianta. Say that one. P- oh, well, there we go. We've got some <laughs> people are listening. Pimang Tangsianta. And then I went into the, into the high mountain places and, and we saw... Amazing, these are villages like tracked into the mountain, and, and we were seeing people getting up from, from who were lame. I was in the book of Acts, put such faith in, in my heart, but I said, No. And then you know, my family had opposed me, but I came back full of the Spirit and testimonies of God's miracle working power. Um, and that led me to, to, to go to many other places that, uh, um, and just to be led by the Holy Spirit in that way. Um, I just want to land this one. Um, I'm going to read something that I was reminded of, and just speaking about you should receive power and about going. I just want to read this account of, and, and I'll land it there. Before I do that, My question to you is, what is your Jerusalem? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and the outermost parts of the earth. What is your Jerusalem? Where is your Jerusalem? It's where we are. It's where we're positioned. God has put us there for a reason. We're full of his spirit. He will enable us. You know, I encourage in encounter, we pray and I encourage us in the life groups and the activity groups to do this, to pray for your circles of influence 
to pray for those that are in your life because as you pray daily for them, the Holy Spirit will fill you and lead you and give you what to say and what not to. I'm seeing my neighbours. I'm having conversation with them like I've never had before. The guys at the gym, my clients, wherever, as I continually pray for them, he leads us. He's leading us by his spirit and he will give us the power and the ability to be able to minister to them and bring them to Christ. I want to read an account about two Moravians. These were Germans. They were um, on an island in the West Indies uh, and and there was an atheist British owner that had 2,000 to 3,000 slaves and the owner said, no preacher, no clergyman will ever stay on this island. If he is shipwrecked, he will keep in a separate, we will keep him in a separate house until he has to leave. But he's never going to talk to any of us about God. This, this is the 15th century. I'm through with all this nonsense. 3,000 slaves from the jungles of Africa brought to an island in the Atlantic and there to live and die without hearing of Christ. Several thousand black slaves toiled in the sugarcane fields under the burning sun. 3,000 slaves were doomed to live and die without hearing of Christ. Two young Germans in their 20s from the Moravian sect heard about their plight. They were willing to sell themselves to the British planter for the standard price for a male slave, if necessary. The Moravian community from Heronhut came to see the two lads off who would never return again, having freely sold themselves into a lifetime of slavery. As a member of the slave community, they would witness as Christ to the love of God. Family members were emotional, weeping, Was the extreme sacrifice wise? Was it necessary? The housing had been cast off and they were curled up on the pier and as the ship slipped away with the tide and the gap widened, the young men linked arms, raised their hands and shouted across the spreading gap, may the Lamb of God that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. And this became the call of the Moravians' missions and this is our reason for being the land that was slain may receive the reward of his suffering. If we can uh, perhaps have that music, Pete, um, that'd be great. But I just want to encourage us this morning. God has called us. He's filled us. He's leading us and is empowering us to be the witnesses for him. So if you would just stand with me, I just want to pray for you. Right now. God called me to Adelaide some time ago in 2000, leave my family. I'd gone to Indonesia, but this time it meant me leaving my family and my friends and going somewhere not knowing. And I went, just led by the Holy Spirit, to be part of a local church. And I went there and... From there, I was part of the leadership team there and then I felt the Holy Spirit lead me as well to then to take people out on the streets to knock on doors. I knocked on one door, a door to a guy who was a refugee from Bosnia. He was in his late teens and I led him to Jesus. And then I was led to just disciple him and encourage him. I continued to disciple him. Now he's gone on, he's married, he's got two beautiful children. He's a campus pastor of, of a church in Adelaide now. But the Holy Spirit led me and I obeyed. And there was a lot of opposition. There was a lot of things that came against me to do that. But he's now ministering to who knows how many and reaching how many. 
So this morning, if you've been challenged by this message and you feel that there's so much more for you and for your life, that your time is not over, you know, I think of Samson, it says of him that he achieved more in the last part of his life than he did the whole throughout because he he decided, Lord, I'm coming back to you. He, he sinned and he came back, his head grew back, the anointing of God came back on him. He was once again filled with the Spirit and God used him and he wiped out the Philistines more in one go than he did in his whole lifetime. And I just sensed this morning the people here that there's so much more for you. The Lord is wanting to fill you afresh this morning. He wants, he's wanting to empower you to the point that you say, Lord, doesn't matter how old I am, doesn't matter how young I am, but I'm here, Lord. I'm here because of what you've done for me. You've laid the example. You've set the model for me. You gave up everything. You were filled and you were led. And he's, he's anointed you. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.